You're listening to Disruptive Dialogues on the Future of Religion. Our aim is to provide listeners tools for a conversation on how religion is changing and being affected by society. I'm your co-host, Troy Shepard. I'm an app developer and a business entrepreneur and a researcher on cultural trends related to religion and community. And I'm your co-host, Dr. Heidi Campbell, a professor of communication at Texas A&M University, where I study the intersection of religion, media, and digital technology. Welcome, and let's dive into today's conversation. Welcome back to Disruptive Dialogues on the Future of Religion. This is Heidi Campbell, and I have the privilege of interviewing Sophie Osteen, who is my research assistant and has been a key collaborator on the Distance Church and the Revisiting the Distance Church project. Revisiting the Distance Church has recently come out, and so we thought this would be a great time to have a conversation just to get another scholar's perspective on studying religion and technology, and just especially what she's learned over the course of working on these books and the ebook projects that we've been involved with. Sophie is a doctoral student in clinical psychology at Wheaton College and my lead research assistant. So Sophie, thanks for coming on the show with us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. So first off, you know, your training is initially in psychology. And so you came on working with me and this project about a year and a half ago. So what have you learned about religion and technology in the church just from these projects and from interacting with my work? Yes, of course. So coming in, I really did not know a lot about the relationship between religion, uh, digital religion, churches, really any of it. And so it's been fascinating to kind of just see, especially as right as I started working for you, obviously we went into a time of global lockdown um, due to COVID. So I would say I, one of the major things I feel like I've learned over the past year and a half has been how significant of a role the church plays in community for people and just, and obviously we've seen how people have had to adapt without that community. And so I think churches being online has disrupted the sense of community for a lot of people, but in a lot of ways, it's been a catalyst for quite a bit of innovation for how to have and create and to foster community among church congregants. It's also led to a lot of theological questions as your book Revisiting the Distance Church kind of discusses, you know, what is community, is online and offline community the same? So I would say that that's one of the major concepts that I I wasn't really aware of, just the role that the church plays, and then also the role of digital religion in creating that sense of community. I guess one more I would say would be how many churches were more resistant or hesitant towards technology in their churches. My background is, is from a church that has pretty widely accepted technology and live streaming, but just as we've worked together over the last year, seeing how many pastors and church leaders and staff and even church congregants are just more hesitant and more, a little bit more questioning and slow to accept the role of technology and digital religion in the church setting. I guess that's just not something I'd really realized, but it it does seem like it's, sometimes it can feel like it's the majority of people, but as we've seen over the last year, that, that really has shifted. So the first question I have for you is, you know, you were part of doing that first ebook, The Distance Church, and here we are a year later, we're able to kind of revisit some of those same authors and, and reflect on their essays in the Revisiting The Distance Church. But how would you describe the difference between those two books, especially not just in the term of topics, but the tone maybe of, of the authors in their essays? 
I guess as far as tone goes, I would say the first book was a lot. I mean, as we, as we know, just from that period, it was a lot, the tone was very questioning from a lot of the authors and pastors and scholars. You know, I think COVID um, and the switch online led to a lot of theological questions and just also just logistical questions on how do we move online? What does that look like? Can, can we do it? You know, can our, can the members within our church even, you know, handle and navigate a shift online? So I would say it was, it was a, it was more hesitant. Some of the pastors and, and church leaders kind of were excited, but there was definitely, definitely, I think an overall sense of, you know, unknown. Whereas I feel like the, the second, the revisiting the Distance Church book has some um, authors seem a bit more proud, you know, of their, how they were able to navigate the shift and just like their ability to transition and to be innovative and creative and flexible. And additionally, just excited about the reach. And then I would say there's a couple and there's a theme throughout of just overall exhaustion from some of the pastors, church leaders, as they've, they've hit, you know, a year and a half, almost a year and a half of lockdown and just a time of really unknown. So I would say the initial book was kind of that unknown, like I said, and then the second book is, I would say just people that are recognizing the toll that it's taken, not only have they had to navigate the church setting, you know, how to shift online, how to take care of people over the last year, but they've also had to deal with the personal things that every other person during this period of pandemic have had to deal with just personal loss, grief, and then just overall, I would say the toll that the COVID-19 pandemic has taken on all of us just emotionally, mentally, spiritually, psychologically, you know, it's done a lot of, we've had to all grieve, I feel like collectively. And so a lot of church leaders and pastors have not only had to deal with those sorts of things that happen interpersonally, but also try to navigate a shift for their churches online as well. So I would say that's the greatest thing. There's a sense of maybe weariness in the second book, but also additionally, just pride at, at how far they've come. But you can tell that we're, we're reaching a point where it's been, there's been a, quite a bit of work on the pastor's end. And I think that they're ready for some relief. So you've read these essays, you know, multiple times and kind of helping me proofread and copy edit and get the formatted. When you think about revisiting the distance church, are there one or two essays that maybe have stood out to you as far as like they, what the pastors or the researchers had to say or argue or, or things that caught your attention? Oh yeah, absolutely. So I think as I just like was talking about that sort of sense of weariness, Dr. Evoy, Stephen Evoy talks in his chapter and he says one quote that stuck out to me. He says, we are living in hard times. And I think he does a really good job encapsulating what I think a lot of the pastors and volunteers and staff and youth leaders and everyone that works in a church setting have experienced just that constant sense of having to adapt and change and and shift and think creatively in moments of technological failures or glitches or just just hard moments. I think pastors are really having to a year later see that and navigate that. And he really encourages people that this exhaustion and this weariness that they're experiencing, it's a result of, you know, having to navigate multiple roles that they play. So I think he does a great job sort of explaining that in a way that you you really understand being someone that's not a pastor, that's not had to navigate that. And just that sense of exhaustion that they feel, I think you really are able to 
feel with him as you read that as just a, a reader and not someone that's in the role. I guess one more, I, I was reading, interested in Zach Lamberts, who talks about this sort of experience of having to navigate that there was the, kind of the period in March and April of 2020, more of like a, the shift online was this very exciting experience. You know, a lot of churches were seeing extremely high numbers of people tuning in. They were seeing different counties and, and cities and states tuning in. But I think as we've seen, there's been some decrease. And so Zach talks about sort of having to navigate, maintaining a hybrid church and the questions that are involved in that, but then also what the sort of questions, like how, how worth it is it to navigate that in a period where you are having some drop off. But then additionally, he asks some really important questions regarding mission work and the role that, you know, that's sort of gone on hold during a period where we couldn't be together, but the role of food drives and, and just opportunities to give back and serve. And so he just talks about bringing that back post pandemic and post this like shift fully online. So I would say those are the two main ones, but all of the pastors and church leaders really do offer up really insightful narratives and stories just about how they've navigated this past year and also how they've reflected on the essay that they wrote more than a year ago. Great. Thanks for sharing that. So um, one of the other things that you've been able to do besides just kind of help me with editing is you're actually doing some writing on um, this book. And we co-authored a chapter in this, on the Revisiting the Distant Church called Insights into Church Appropriation and Views of Technology. And this is part of a, a larger research study that you, you've been helping me with on analyzing church engagement and technology during the COVID pandemic that's been funded by the Lilly Foundation, you know, looking at how 2,700 churches in, the, in Indiana in the U.S. have been adapting and adopting technology. So I was wondering if you could kind of share some of your reflections from this essay as far as what you learned, what you learned about technology, but also just what you learned through the research process, you know, what seemed to be the core kind of arguments or observations that you made from this research data? I mean, I guess first I would say that we kind of were looking at, and I heard over and over as I just read these and, and listened to these different pastors talk about their experience during this process of a digital shift. Um, I would say the first thing is just this sense of a lack of an awareness and a lack of understanding, and also a lack of the physical, actual technological objects. And so a lot of pastors are navigating, not only they don't know how to maybe even use a computer or they don't know how to work a, a microphone or camera, they also don't have them. I and mean, a lot of them either didn't have any or they had really outdated different um, equipment. So I would say, you know, you named it really well, this technology gap. I would say that there has been a just, it, it, there's a lack of understanding for a lot of pastors because they haven't had to navigate this before. And additionally, there's this, you call it again, a digital divide. So there's this when you, when you are a church that serves a lot of maybe more vulnerable older people or elderly, the senior population that does not have access or as easy of access to computers or to live streaming or to Zoom or, you know, to Wi-Fi. And so, I mean, I think time and time again, I heard pastors and church leaders and volunteers and staff and technology staff members just, you know, voice concern for the elderly. And and also just, just voice their own grievances of how difficult it's been to navigate this sort of shift when there is a lack of knowledge of technology, when there's a, 
a lack of the physical resources needed. And additionally, when there's a lack of an ability to reach people that are really important to your congregation, like the more senior population. And so there really is just this kind of dissonance or this gulf between the two. And then I I would also say one other thing is just that kind of talked about it earlier, but that sense of maybe hesitancy towards technology. I think some staff members and pastors were having to deal with either other pastors that weren't as certain about the use of technology or just their congregation wasn't. So I would say that the looking at this data and in writing and reading for me has demonstrated that we really are faced with both a, an opportunity to really engage with technology in a way that's meaningful and that can be really used for good. But there, there, I saw just through this data that there is still a group of people that are really hesitant towards it, whether that be the pastors, whether that be the staff or church leaders, or just the congregation in itself. You know, we, we, there's not total agreement. And, and even pre-pandemic, I think it was like that. Post-pandemic, I think we've seen some somewhat of a decline. But even post-pandemic, I think there are still people that are just unsure what that looks like and what technology what the role of technology should play in a religious or church setting. Yeah, I think that's a really good, important point because, you know, we often think, and I know people thought about this in March, like, oh, we'll just go online and it'll be all fine, but not realizing, you know, what what we call the, the church's technology knowledge gap, that their pastors and staffs aren't necessarily up to date. Some of them had to kind of learn the technology and then run it themselves. So that was like a, a big ask for many, as well as just the digital divide, just the assumption that all churches are up to speed on technology yes. and all their members have equal access. You know, that's yeah. an assumption. And I think people found that in other sectors related to education and even you know, working from home, there was a lot of challenges. So I think it's a good thing for us to think about that there is a lot of inequality when it comes to technology, even in a very digital 21st century. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's easy to forget that if you are from a congregation or church or even family or tradition that is a bit more accepting or has previously, you know, kind of interacted with technology in a church setting. But a lot of these smaller, more rural churches and even less rural, just smaller churches and bigger churches, you know, they've been slower to adapt and slower to accept it due to a variety of things. So, yeah, I think that that's that's a great point. And that's also one of the things that when you, you were really kind of key in helping me kind of come up with some of the key lessons, like what seemed to be the common themes that came up in the distance church, you know, and, we, and you wrote about and helped me highlight how vulnerable populations in the church, how should they, or how do we expect them to use the digital? And just this idea that churches need digital literacy and digital literacy training in order to get up to speed. But what would you say were some of the kind of key themes that maybe were different or that caught your attention in the revisiting the distance church? Yeah. So I would say one that I found the most really they were all quite interesting but I would I would say I think after a year of kind of bizarre and and transitional period that we've been in as a a world really but specifically here in America I would say you know a lot of theological questions were asked over the last year um, especially in the first couple of months you know And, and I think that a lot of that had to do with just theological implications of moving online whether that be how do you do it? Or what is the biblical backing? You know, I think there were a lot of questions regarding how to do communion or, or to take the Eucharist in a setting that's not in person. 
there was a lot of embodiment questions and a lot of just physical presence questions. So I would say the most surprising thing from the revisiting the Distance Church book um, and reading them would be just how many questions were answered, but also how many questions still remain for pastors and church leaders, even being this far out, you know, and I, and I think it's just interesting to think about, especially whenever we're navigating, moving to a more hybrid setting, you know, and that's another thing that churches are trying to navigate. How do you move to a hybrid church and what does that mean? And what does that look like? And do you still maintain an online presence whenever people are able to be back in? And what does that mean for people that aren't comfortable? And so I would say just the, the idea that, that we've answered a lot of theological questions that were there, but there's also quite a few that are still being asked and still remain. I would say the second thing would be, I would say just that over the course of last year, you know, we really saw churches change and that was a really cool thing to see. But I would say another one was, has been just that people have changed and congregations have changed. Um, and that's kind of shown really well. And I think but in the new, in the revisiting book, I think it's been interesting. One specific chapter in the book by Alona Nord and Oliver Adam kind of talk about how we're kind of past the point where congregations and congregants are hyped, you know, excited about technology and the opportunities that it offers. And we're past the point where they're fearful of it. Mm. But instead, they're kind of in this place of neutrality. They've just gotten used to it. And I think we've seen that, like, as I mentioned, as congregants are eager to get back to mission work or they're, you know, they're just looking for something different or they're looking for something the same, but they're not specifically when thinking about digital religion and technology that they've, a lot of them have gotten just sort of neutral about it. They're, they're used to it and they're familiar with it. And another chapter kind of talks about that this distance between the two, between what's real and what's online has become even smaller. So in an essence, online technology in the role of church has almost become I would use the word usual. And so I think that's been really interesting to see that this just a year of online church has become something that maybe people that were either hesitant or fearful or really excited about it. It's just become sort of a regular practice now. So that's been an interesting thing to kind of read. Well, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and for your, and also your contribution work on this new book, the Revisiting the Distance Church. I mean, you also gave a great teaser that, you know, that we need to look at more of these theological questions that are rising up. I have a new edited book coming out in the fall. We'll probably talk about it here on the podcast, but Ecclesiology for Digital Church. And that was another book that Sophie helped us with editing on. And it seeks to kind of look at some of those deeper questions about how our understanding of community and congregation and, you know, especially mission and being missional within a digital age, what that looks like. Thank you so much for your time and thank you to our audience. And we encourage you to go out there, download the book. It's free, Revisiting the Distance Church. You can find it with a direct access through my website. And that link will be found here in the description of the podcast. So thank you very much. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and if you haven't done so already, Be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified of future podcasts. And be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite platform or share it with your friends. We hope you're leaving today with a better understanding about religion and conversational tools to talk about it. We look forward to seeing you again in our next episode. So until then, take Take care. care.